Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, change is the one constant in business, and over the years here on Business Matters, we've discussed the need for some businesses to pivot in order to achieve further growth, and my next guest has done just that. Greg Tuhi, the Managing Director from the Cantec Group, joins me now to discuss the diversification of his business. Greg, perhaps you might start the interview by providing us with an overview of the Cantec Group. Sure thing, yeah. We are essentially a managed print provider, have been for, I suppose, about 25 years now. But we have concentrated on providing um, photocopiers, printers and managed prints to initially the customers in the southeast, but then to further fields um, throughout Munster and, and across the rest of the country. And of course, Craig, I know that when you joined the business back in 1995, you certainly had to work your way through all of the different departments before getting to that managing director's position. Why was that important for the family at the time? Yeah, I had to cut my teeth uh, starting right from the bottom. Uh, I remember um, I was playing a lot of rugby at the time. So, you know, my salary was £6,000 at the time working for my, my folks. Not a huge amount of money. I was driving a, a tiny Peugeot van. Um, up and down to Cork, I was still playing rugby in Cork, um, but I was essentially doing deliveries and selling the odd small machine. Um, but I, I progressed from there, uh, became quite a decent salesperson uh, along the way and graduated on to sales director. And my dad retired in 2011 and I, and I took, the, took the reins from him at that point. As you look back on that experience that you gained across departments, how did that stand to you when you became the managing director? I suppose I was able to get a, a really good perspective as to, you know, what it's like being in the trenches, um, which is very useful to me. I mean, we've got 43 staff now and um, I can speak to any of them as if I'm still working alongside them, which is great. My door is always open. Um, so they, they treat me uh, like, like anybody else in the company, which is, which is really good. We all get on very well together. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're a family-friendly type of, type of company and that um, suits us best and I think it comes across uh, to our customer base as well and um, which is why we, we keep a lot of our customers and we get so much repeat business. And keeping customers is often the easy bit but acquiring them can be quite difficult. What was your approach to acquiring customers over the years? I suppose uh, honesty is, is, is really the number one and integrity. If you can um, come across as a genuine person people are much more likely to want to deal with you. So, I mean, I would have learned that from my dad, who's been a salesman since back in the 60s. Um, so he kind of wrote the book on it, I suppose, if anybody did. Um, so being yourself, being honest, and uh, having integrity at all times, not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes is key. So we've got a lot of customers who are literally going back to when we started in the mid-90s, and they've stayed with us for, for those reasons. Um, and it's enabled us to win new customers along the way because we, we built a, a very strong reputation on being a, a genuine provider of products and looking after our customers with, with a local perspective. And Greg, when you were appointed as the managing director in 2011, the Waterford and Limerick offices had merged. But what were the challenges and opportunities at that particular time? Yeah, well, we had been a provider looking after businesses in the southeast, mostly up, up until then. So, you know, coming together was, was it was a perfect match for us. Uh, Cantic and Limerick at the time were a similar sized company to us. Um, but um, tragically, their leader had just died 
um, months previous to that. So they needed they needed um, direction, I suppose, which we were able to provide. Um, and they also had a very good and loyal customer base, similar to ours out of Waterford. Um, so I suppose the challenges were integrating um, a whole set of new colleagues into uh, the culture that we espouse uh, from the Waterford office. Um, but that's something that we worked on very very hard over, over the last, I suppose, 11 years or so. And it's worked well for us. Um, we're now fully integrated at this point and um, we have a very good and loyal staff contingent. And Greg, 10 years on, the Cantec Group has now added offices in Dublin, Cork, Galway and Mullingar. But what has fueled this growth? What has fueled the growth? Um, I suppose the diversification into software has been part of it. Um, but prior to that, we um, started to provide services to um, public companies and the public sector, which um, is um, just, just, there's a lot more to it. Um, they're larger deals, so that would have fueled a lot of the growth initially. But I suppose all the while, in the last five years in particular, we realised that you know printing is an inherently unsustainable practice, if you like, of sharing information. So um, we realised that we were going to have to diversify. The digital rev- revolution is, has been taking hold, so people want to share information differently than on, on a piece of paper. So we were always looking for ways to um, help our customers work smarter and um, providing software was really the key to that. And of course, some of the emerging trends were around the managed service solutions. So instead of companies now going out and buying a machine and then paying for maintenance, that was all wrapped up into a monthly payment. So when you saw that trend coming on track over the past number of years, how did Cantec feel about this? Yeah, I suppose it's just kind of an evolution, which, um, you know, it, it, it's not something that we, we started doing one day. It, it was really an evolution led, I suppose, by our suppliers. Um, we take a lot of advice from, from those down the year, down the years. Um, so instead of, yeah, selling, you know, what is essentially a box that you put in the corner and copies or prints for you, um, the whole um, comprehensive solution of, of managed print services really evolved within our offering. And we we became quite good at it. But as I say, you know, just just as we perfected it, then you know, companies started thinking about you know how much they should be printing and how can they reduce print volumes. So it's been a challenge for us, I suppose, for the last five years, um, to minimise the volume of prints that our that our customers are doing, which is a little bit counterintuitive because obviously um, the print volume is our bread and butter. So we're trying to satisfy a, a customer base in in their needs in reducing print volumes while um, in, in increasing our revenue um, through, the, through the actual print volume. So um, that was a challenge for us, I suppose, in the last five years. It's just why we have diversified so much of, of late. And before we go and talk about that diversification strategy in more detail, you mentioned earlier in the interview about focusing on winning government contracts. I presume they were tendered contracts. And if so, what was your particular strategy to go after them in terms of getting that tender right and pricing it right? Yeah, well, I mean, again, this was something I would have done in collaboration with Canon, who's our main supplier. Um, So what we did is we went about... um, getting accepted onto the Office of Government Procurement Framework, which is a specific framework for um, managed print services. 
So we did that back in 2016. We got onto the framework, which um, made us eligible to tender for uh, government business around the country. And w- w- in quite a short period of time, we became quite successful. Um, I basically learned how the tendering process works and what the um, the clients were, were looking for in terms of the, the services and pricing, etc. So we put a lot of work into that, into upskilling our team uh, so that we were able to produce good tenders, but also be able to deliver um, good services um, for the tenders that we actually won. And Greg, did you have to sacrifice some margin in order to win those contracts? Oh, certainly, yeah. <laughs> the margin is certainly uh, a good bit tighter than your, re- your regular um, private sector commercial business. So, yeah, we, we, we sacrificed margin for for revenue, I suppose. Um, but what it's done for us is it's it's increased the size of our business, increased our profile, and given us much greater spending power with our suppliers. So there, you know, we're, we're able to to get a, a less expensive product, uh, product, I suppose, and, you know, work on our, our margin over the piece. And as part of your evolving business strategy, you saw an opportunity then to provide business software to your clients. Talk to us about how you went about that. Yeah, it was almost by chance, actually. But but I suppose, you know, the, the gradual emphasis of sustainability over the last five years and, and companies looking to work smarter and do things a bit differently was drastically accelerated this time last year well well initially with brexit but obviously this time last year with 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 covid19 so we needed to pivot and pivot quickly when that happened and by chance i had met a guy who had just left one of our competitors in cork actually and i tried to hire him to sell photocopiers but he had no interest in that i quickly found that out (laughs) but um, I, i got speaking to him and he started we started discussing the whole concept of supplying uh, software automation uh, to businesses around the country. Um, now, he had just started or just founded a really small software company with his business partners, just the two of them. They had no customers to speak of, but they had some really good ideas. And the, the two guys were absolutely top-notch in terms of their vision and their ability to uh, describe how these automation products would benefit businesses. So we started collaborating with each other um, about 18 months ago and did very well with that. They brought their expertise. We brought a, a, a loyal uh, customer base and we just began selling automation products to, to that customer base. And it, w- it went so well, we actually merged the two companies six months ago um, to create the contact group and um, smart offices the brand for uh, software automation within it. Wow, now that is certainly the end result of a great partnership where the two companies come together and merge. So how has this partnership with Smart Office changed Cantec Group's product or service offering specifically around that area of automation? Well, it's, it's totally changed our emphasis. So we were basically a hardware company up till you know, 18 months ago um, providing you know, a little bit of software around the edges but w- without any focus on it at all. Um, and suddenly now, at least half of our focus is on providing automation to businesses. And, you know, one of our most successful products is uh, what we call SOAP, which is soft, uh, smart office 
um, accounts payable software. So what that does basically is it, it automates the whole process of matching invoices and GRNs and, and purchase orders and statements, etc. The real tedious work that your accounts payable team would do. Um, so depending on the size of your company, um, as to as to how big of a job it is, we can automate that entire process, um, which has been very successful for us. Um, so we are our, our our sales team of of who were previously just selling hardware around the country are now opening up conversations with our customer base about, you know, the pain points and the bottlenecks in their in their business processes. And we're getting lots and lots of opportunities to, to provide software to, to those loyal customers as a result. And how open have your existing customer base been to trying this new software and to entering into license agreements on it? Very open. I mean, we would not have been considered as a software company up until very recently. And even even now, um, you know, we're, it's, it's still a bit of a, uh, takes still a bit of a con- convincing, but we're well on the road. And, you know, the, the sales team now have got a, I've got a playbook, which they're um, well accustomed to. And what we do is we just open the conversation with our customers and then we bring in the, the, the intelligence experts, if you like, for, you know, a team call as it is at the moment and really do an in-depth discovery as to, you know, what are the, the bottlenecks and the, and the pain points in, in the processes that people have. And it's not just accounts payable, there's lots of other um, areas and businesses that we can provide solutions for. And it's been very successful because people want to be able to, you know, make their businesses more efficient. And if we can provide some piece of automation to do that, then it, it can make them very happy. And Greg, I do believe as well that you've taken advantage of Brexit by introducing Clearance Tech. Tell us about that. Yeah, Clearance Tech, what that is, it's, it's the, we took the accounts payable engine, if you like, the software engine, and we just modified it for the import-export business. So as we know, with, with Brexit, um, it's created an awful lot of pain with um, Irish exporters and indeed companies who are importing goods from the UK. Um, so just to give you an example, last year in 2020, there were 1.8 million customs clearance declarations done in Ireland, whereas in January of this year, there's already 1.6 million done with a projected number of somewhere between 18 and 22 million clearance declarations. Um, and custom clearance is, is quite a tedious um, task, even more so now than it was in the past. There are 54 different entries that you need to apply to your your, your declaration. Um, so we've provided a piece of software which automates this process um, and can save um, customers up to 20 minutes per, per declaration. So you can imagine a company doing a lot of exporting or importing. It can be a, a massive time saver for them. And as you look to the future, Greg, how else do you think you're going to be able to assist businesses with automating more of their more manual tasks? Well, this is it. I mean, now that we have, you know, embraced the concept of, of automating, as you say, manual tasks, the engine that, that is used to um, for the clearance tech and for the smart office accounts payable automation is, is, is the type of um, AI engine, artificial intelligence engine, machine learning, if you like, which is ap- applicable to lots of different um, processes. And so, for example, document management is another where, you know, you walk into an office and you're tripping over lever art files and you've got massive filing cabinets with, with reams and reams of paper. Um, in your office. We have 
very effective um, document management systems which can clear away all of that um, hard copy paper and store it intelligently for you to give you the ability to retrieve documents very quickly and easily. And Greg, of course, looking beyond your own existing customer base and contact, how are you going to be able to make this software more available to other SMEs in Ireland and overseas? Well, we have a very active sales team um, operating up and down the country. Um, so in terms of the SMEs in Ireland, um, we've, I think we feel we've got that cracked. Um, but what we are planning on doing is producing a, a white label concept whereby we allow other partners like ourselves to supply this type of intelligence to their customer base. So we're already talking with, with um, companies in Scotland and one or two in, in other parts of the UK with a view to allowing them to white label, if you like, the products that we've produced so that they can provide automation solutions to their customer base, which are quite similar to ours. Greg, I have to say it's a great example of a very established business here in the southeast of Ireland taking the opportunity to pivot and innovate their service offering to be able to meet the needs of their existing client base. Finally this morning, as we exit the government restrictions over the coming months, what's your outlook here for business-to-business services? Carl, quite frankly, I think it's going to explode. I mean, um, just listening to some of the statistics and being bandied about recently, I think there's 11 billion extra euros has been saved in the last year by um, private citizens in Ireland. Um, so you can imagine how many cars will be purchased come the back end of this year and into next year. And of course, all that economic activity will have a knock-on effect in, in every industry. So people will be very busy. People will be crying out for um, anything that can make their jobs more efficient. And I think automation software is, is going to be one of those key elements. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Greg Tuhi, the Managing Director of the Cantec Group. And I'd like to thank Greg for sharing his success story with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.